Welcome to Soul Rio, a church where God is made center, families made stronger, and lives restored. Today's sermon is entitled Miracles Jesus Christ Revealed, presented by Pastor Floyd Silva on October 16th, 2016. So, about plus or minus one or two years ago, my family settles in and we're going to go to bed and, uh, you know, we're all pretty tired. It's been a pretty eventful weekend. And uh, so we go to bed. And uh, I don't even remember what time it was. Somewhere in the middle of the night. All of a sudden, I'm awakened by this loud, you know, it almost sounded like someone was breaking into our house. You know, like a window being crushed or something going on. And uh, so immediately, I'm a man. You know, I hop up out of bed, I think family, defend, and I bolt down the hallway, take a right turn towards the living room where the noise is coming from, and I'm ready. Put them up. You know, as uh, the lion would say, put them up. I'm ready to go. Well, both fortunately and unfortunately, to my discovery as I turn the corner in the living room and look for an individual that I'm ready to to go after it with. There's my ceiling fan spinning and there's a balloon stuck in it going (laughs) I did, I did, I did my job, right? (laughs) You know, as I think about that night, it's not only funny, but it it does have a, a life application because each and every one of us has a role in God's kingdom, right? God, God is moving in our hearts because he wants to do something very specific in us and through us. And for me, as, as a father, as a husband, um, I feel and, and, and really own the aspect of being a protector to my family. But in that role, most of us, if not all of us, can kind of get some senses of emotions. And I think about that night, and, I, and the first thing I think about is that when I got up out of bed, there was this, thing, this element of fear. I, I was scared. You know, I heard this noise, and I'm like, is my family okay? And instinctively, I, I, I charged. I, I went to go see, and I went to go protect. You know, I think for for most of us, when we're put in a situation where there's fear is involved, there's one or the other. It's it's either fight or flight, right? You know, because I could have just as easily ran to my bedroom door and locked it. And I could have hid in my room and said, I'll let, let Sammy take care of herself. She'll be all right. She's actually a little tougher than I am. You know, it's one or the other when we face fear, isn't it? And sometimes we fight, and sometimes we hide. Well, as we we finish up the Gospel of John, we're going to look at chapter 20, and we see this story kind of evolve. It's such a beautiful picture of how Jesus Christ reveals himself. See, it's the, the story of the resurrected Christ, it's the story of how, how the disciples and those that followed Jesus and walked with Jesus come along and they see the tomb where this great man, this, this individual that they saw as the Messiah, the Redeemer of all the world, 
the Savior, had just been killed, had just been murdered. So you've got to imagine as you think about this story and as you read the text here in the, in the chapter, you've got to imagine all of the emotions that are going on. We know that, that Mary, she came across the tomb and she was probably a little scared and wondering, where, where is Jesus? You know, and then we see Jesus approach Mary. He reveals himself to Mary. And through the whole chapter, we see it over and over again how Jesus shows himself, right? Well, the Bible tells us one thing about fear. It tells us in, in Philippians 4, 6. It says that, that we are not to worry or be anxious about anything. 4, 6 says, the Lord is at hand. And so for this, we should not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication. And that supplication just simply means to ask earnestly with thanksgiving and let your requests be made known to God. But see, that's not always that easy, is it? It's not always that simple to not be anxious or fearful in this world or in the times that we live in. I don't know about you, but I get scared probably on a daily basis. You know, most of the things that we probably do in this world or the things that we do as individuals move us because of the fear that we have in life. You know, we're, we're afraid to, to not go to work because we know that maybe we won't eat. We're afraid not to do certain things because we know that we won't get or have certain things. So fear is a big part of our lives, but the Bible teaches us something completely opposite than the world teaches us. It says, don't be anxious, don't worry about it. But by prayer and supplication and in thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. Bring them before the Father. But it's not always that, that simple. We'll see in this passage that Jesus shows himself to the disciples. See, the Lord is at hand. He is there with them. And I, I think this is, is, is such a critical thing that, that for you and I to, to really look at and think about how God reveals himself to us personally as individuals. See, because Jesus came with a purpose, right? He came to, to die for our sins, to redeem us from our sins. But see, the story doesn't end there. See, Jesus is resurrected. He comes back to life. He defeats death. And as he defeats death, he comes to his people. He comes to those that he has called, those that he loves. And he says, hey, here I am. Don't, don't worry. Don't be anxious because I'm with you. Well, before we read, let, let's, let's pray. Father, we, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for, for your word. Father, we thank you for what we call the Bible. But we know it's more than just a book. We know it's, it's so much more than that for us. Lord, we, we thank you for this gospel that John wrote. We thank you that you've shown us yourself through it. Lord, we see all the great things and we've seen all the great things that you've done and we know that you've done so much more. And we know that you want to continue to do so much more in each and every one of us. So Father, we ask this morning that your word would just pierce our hearts like a two-edged sword. And Lord, that we would go away from here a changed people. 
Lord, we'd apply this and we'd live it out. Lord, so thank you. Thank you for this. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, if you would, I want to look at just a few verses in chapter 20, and we'll kind of summarize the whole thing, but we'll just focus in on these, these three or four verses in 19 through 23, because it really gives us a good picture. And in verse 19, we'll start with, it says, On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad. When they saw the Lord, Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he, when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. See, in our text, we see the disciples, they're huddled together in a room and they're fearful. They're anxious. You know, their savior had just been killed. They don't know what they're going to do. The world around them is just kind of crushing in. And they're really, at this moment, they're controlled by their fear. They've locked the door. But really, if you think about it, who wouldn't be anxious at this moment? You know, I, I know I would be. I know I would be anxious. Well, this morning, I believe in this text, we have a, a few answers that Jesus provides for us in reflection to fear and some reminders that will help us in the moments that we do get fearful. And the first thing that we see here is that Jesus shows himself. He reveals himself to the disciples. You know, they had locked the door, but Jesus was there. They were huddled and hiding, but Jesus was there. It says in verse 19, on that evening, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them. And then he says this phrase. He says to them, peace be with you. You know, I've got to imagine that Jesus is saying these words because he wants to comfort them because he senses the fear that they have. He senses the anxiety. He knows their hearts. And he knows what they've just experienced and what they've just seen. And it's probably something that for, for most of humanity, if we were to visualize and see what they just saw, it would change us forever. There's no question. And Jesus offers this. He says, peace be with you. And you got to imagine, once they see and they realize that this was Jesus, the Messiah, the one that they had followed for so long, there had to have been this overwhelming joy and sense of peace that just came over them. This sigh of relief. This, oh, Jesus. You know, I know when, when I go through tough moments, when I, when I have those moments of fear and I, and I turn to God and Jesus always shows himself to be who he is through his word to me in my life. I always walk away from that encounter, that, that moment with Jesus going, oh, thank you, Jesus. I, I praise you. I thank you for the, the peace that you've given me. I want to ask you this morning, do you realize 
that Jesus has shown himself to you? Do you realize that, that Jesus has revealed himself wholly and fully to each and every one of us in this room? Now, Jesus may not be standing here physically right next to me, but if we trust in his word, if we believe the things that, that we read and understand and know to be truth, we have to rest in the fact that, that Jesus is with us and trust in the fact that we have seen him and know him. We see him through his word. We see him through the scriptures. We see him through other people in our life that have modeled and lived out this Christian faith. He has revealed himself to each and every person in this room. And I believe not only has he revealed himself, but has, he has proven himself to each person in this room. See, but that doesn't discount the fact that we are fearful, that we're uncertain, and we have those moments where we just get anxious about life. But I want to remind us this morning that Jesus is saying to each and every one of us, peace be with you. He's saying, let me comfort you. Let me hold you. Trust me with all that you're worried about. Trust me in these moments. I guess a, a good question that we can ask ourselves is, is what is this peace? Well, the Bible tells us a few things here about what this peace is. But first and foremost, it's peace with God. Romans 5.1, it'll be up on the screen there, simply says, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. See, that's the peace that Jesus is offering. And then there's peace in difficult times. John 16, says, these things I have spoken to you so that in me you may have peace. In the world you may have tribulation, but take courage. I have overcome the world. And the other thing, and I think this is an important part for us to remember because I think at times we can really focus in on our past. Sometimes we can stay so focused in on what's happened to us or the things that we've done that we lose sight of what's in front of us. And it's just peace with the past. Romans 8 is, is one of my favorite chapters in all of the Bible. And it says in verse 1, he, Paul starts out like this. He says, Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Isn't that a wonderful promise? Isn't that a wonderful promise? There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That's you and I. If we walk, if we believe, that's you and I. Jesus is right in front of us. He's with us and he's shown himself to us. See, Jesus wants to show you himself. He offers you peace today. The question is, why do we continue to lock him out of the room? Why do we continue to push him away? You know, our world today, they say that about 80 to 90% of Americans are professing believers. They, they profess a faith in God. And then you take that 80 and 90% of believers and they're roundabouts. And you, and you kind of narrow it down and you ask some very specific questions about those that, that attend church regularly or, or are active in their church and, and give to their church and do all those things. And that, that number dwindles down to about less than 10%. And I, I 
have to imagine, and I have to just guess and speculate, it's because as believers, we, we've forgotten about the peace that God has for us. We let, let fear guide us in this world, and so we're afraid to do the things that Jesus has called us to do. We, we lock ourselves in a room and we say, yes, I believe in you, God, but I'm not going to go have fellowship with those people. Yes, I believe in you, God, but I'm not going to give my finances to help support the mission and the vision of what you want to accomplish. And heck no, am I going to even go tell somebody about Jesus? Because that's hard and that's scary. See, but Jesus tells us something so different. See, Jesus wants us to do these things. He wants not only for us to know him, but he wants for the world to know him. And without him, we'll never have that peace. We will truly never feel or experience that peace in this life. There's just no question. So we see in the story what happens next. Jesus, he sets out to accomplish what he had come to accomplish by revealing himself to not only the disciples, but to hundreds of people. He was crucified for our sin. He paid a price that you and I could never pay for. And now he's at the place where he's about to ascend to his father. He's about to go back to heaven. But before he does that, he shows himself to many. And then he does this. He instructs them. See, Jesus commissions his disciples. We see it here in verse 21 and 22. Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. It's a different kind of peace now. He says, as the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he said this, he breathed on them and he said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. See, the first peace be with you was given them to give them that comfort, that assurance that, that he is with them, that he hadn't left them. That he wants to hold them and keep them and comfort them in the toughest of times. See, and the second one is to prepare them for this great adventure that he has for them. For this great commission that he's about to instruct them on. See, and he wants them to take the peace of God as they go out and share the gospel message. See, I love how Paul explains this commission or the great commission in 2 Corinthians 5, 18. It's in your notes and it should be up on the screen there. If you want to look at that with me, 2 Corinthians 5, 18 through 20, Paul says it like this. He says, Now all these things are from God, who reconciled, restored, redeemed us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Namely, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and he has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were making an appeal through us. We beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. See, Paul is summarizing the great commission for us. What Jesus told his disciples to do when he says, I want you to go therefore. Paul is explaining it to all of us, the heart and the truth of what that looks like and what that means. 
See, we have to note here in this passage in the Gospel of John that Jesus is telling the disciples and he's telling us as believers, as followers of Jesus Christ, he is telling us that he is going to send us just like God has sent him to do something very specific. See, it's all about redemption. It's all about restoring what God originally intended to do, what God originally intended for you and I in our lives. See, God had sent Jesus to do something specific. Now Jesus is sending us. So what does this mean for us? How does it apply? What's the so what? (laughs) So what, Floyd? Well, I think we could break it down with a few simple things is that first and foremost, that we have to take the initiative to share our faith. You know, we have to go out and, and, and be confident in who Christ is in us not who we are, but who Christ is in us and take the initiative to share our faith. Allowing the power of God's spirit to control us and live in and through us as we walk in step with the Holy Spirit. The other thing that that we must do is we must stand for truth. But we stand for truth and we do it in love. You know, there, there's something that I kind of made up. God put it on my heart and I, I really try and instill this in our leadership team. And it's something just very simple. It's three things. Love, listen, and lead. Easy to remember. I like easy to remember stuff. You know, simply we are called to love, right? Jesus tells us in the gospel of Matthew, he said to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, right? Love is at the forefront. And what does he say? That everything that has ever been written Everything that has ever been said, all the law, all the prophets, everything stands on what? Loving God, love, all of it. Then he says the second greatest commandment is to love your neighbor. So first we have to start by loving God. And then when we love God, you know what? We're gonna love our neighbor a whole lot better. I'll I'll confess with you to you, there's an occasion that I I don't really wanna love my neighbor. I don't know if you ever feel that way or not. I don't think you do, but it's usually just me. But there's times when they really rub me the wrong way, you know? And uh, I'll halfway serious, halfway jokingly lean over to my wife and just look at her and say, you know, that guy's just lucky that I love Jesus. (laughs) He's just lucky I love Jesus. But that's what we should do is stand for the truth in love. We should share the hope of Jesus Christ with all, that, that all those that are around us. And we have to live this life in reflection of who Jesus Christ is. And we should always be ready. Always be ready to prepare and prepare to defend our faith. And I'll tell you what, I want to challenge us as a church. I've been challenged by this more myself. And I want to challenge you guys. God has given us his word. There's Bible we call it, right? Bring your Bible to church every Sunday. Bring it to church every Sunday. Open it up, mark it up. I know most of you guys, you like the the iPads, the Bible apps on your phone. There's nothing wrong with that, at least in my eyes. I like paper. I like to feel it. So I don't use that very much. Bring it. Mark it. Use it. Know it. Read it. Be prepared, be ready to defend your faith. Be ready, and not in a defense in the sense of defensive, 
but in a sense of to show that love. As you love people, you'll get an opportunity to listen to them. You'll get an opportunity to hear their hearts and their struggles and the things that they wrestle with in this lifetime. Because you can't truly understand what's going on in that person's life until you get into that person's life. And then from there, after you listen to them, we do what Jesus tells us to do. We point them to him. We point them to Jesus. We lead them to Jesus. We share the gospel message. We tell them about repentance. We tell them about sin. We tell them about Jesus' death on the cross for that sin. And then we tell them about his resurrection. We show them Jesus. We reveal to them who this Savior is, who this Jesus Christ is. And we should always be ready to do this. I want to tell you too, that if you're sitting here in this room, more than likely, someone did that for you. I got a four foot ten mommy that did it with her flip-flop every night. (laughs) She told me the truth in love, that's for sure. She really did. See, it's our responsibility. See, and, and we can't let this fear stop us or hold us from this commission, this instruction that Jesus has given us. He wants us to be something different in this world. But I guess for most of us, as we think about that, we start thinking a lot like the disciples. We want to hide in that room. We want to lock the door because it does get scary. It's a tough world out there. There's some tough people out there. And sometimes it gets really scary. But just remember what it says in the Bible. It says, don't get anxious. It says, pray. Give thanks. And make your requests known to God. Ask him for the strength. Ask him to fill you with his spirit. Ask him to guide you by the power of his spirit. See, because I believe that, that not only does Jesus want us to know him, he wants the world around us to know him to be known and made known. And that's our responsibility as believers. That's what Jesus came back to show these guys in this moment. He gave them a commission. And now we see him in verse 22 and 23. We see Jesus call them. Jesus calls us. And that word call just simply means Jesus commands us. See, in that great commission, he tells us to go out and teach others to be obedient to his commands, right? Commands, key word. See, so we help each other and we teach each other and we show each other Jesus so we can help each other fulfill the instructions that God has given us and that way we can fulfill the call that God has called into our lives. And honestly, it's... it's, You know, essentially, the root of it, the foundation of it, is the same for every single believer in this world. Now, how you do that may look different than the guy sitting next to you. But foundationally, for all of us, it's the same. It's the Great Commission. We go out, we baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We teach them God's Word. We help them to be obedient to God's Word. And we do it ourselves. Look what it says in verse 22 and 23. Again, Jesus says, And when he said this, I love this part, because this is reflective of our our message a couple weeks ago about the Holy Spirit. I don't have power over the Spirit. 
Only Jesus does. All right? I am not God. Jesus is. So Jesus breathed on them and he said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. And if, with you, if you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. See, when we look at what Jesus says here, he is empowering us and calling us to stand for him. He tells us to receive this power that he is giving us the power of God's spirit in our lives. And he tells us to share the forgiveness that only he can offer. I know this verse, that last verse there, 23, can be a little confusing. But if you would, I want you to first and foremost turn with me to Romans chapter one. Because I want you to see what what Paul says about the call first. And then we're gonna look at that, that verse there because I know it can be a little confusing when Jesus says, if you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. But if you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. And we'll explain that here in just a moment, just to shed a little more light on it. But in Romans chapter 1, I'm going to flip there with you. Fourteen through seventeen. He says this. This is in reflection of the command that Jesus has given us. He says, I am under obligation both to Greeks and to barbarians. The barbarians are the guys that I say they're lucky that I love Jesus, in case you're wondering who they are. I am under obligation both to Greeks and to barbarians, both to the wise and to the foolish. So I am eager to preach the gospel to you also who are in Rome. And then he says this, and we all are probably familiar with this verse. He says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith. As it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. That's the call, to share the gospel with all the world around us. Greek, Jew, Gentile, barbarian, foolish, smart, whoever. Share the gospel. Share the good news of what Jesus Christ has done in your life. Back to verse 23. Just to give us a little clearer understanding because it's reflective of the call and what Jesus is telling us here. See, we look in the gospel of Mark and it says that no one can forgive sins but God alone and that's true and that's right. I cannot forgive your sins. If you sin against me, I can forgive you. But I don't have that power like Jesus does in the essence of that. But what I, I like what it says here in the NIV study Bible. It says, God does not forgive people's sins because we do so nor does he withhold forgiveness because we do. See, we don't have the power. Rather, those who proclaim the gospel are in effect forgiving or not forgiving sins depending on whether the hearer accepts or rejects Jesus Christ. And when you look at that word in the, in the Greek, it's loosening or freeing from sin. 
So God has given us the power as we spread the gospel of Jesus Christ, as we preach Jesus to the world around us, he has given us the power to tell people about him to help free them from sin, to release them from the bondage of sin, just like he did for you and I. See, because this sin, it binds us, it holds us, it causes fear and anxiety. See, and if they respond, then you have just freed someone. You have done your part in what God has called you to do in the life of those around you. And that's what he's telling the disciples here. He's saying, don't hide in a room. He says, I'm here. Look, here's my hands. Here's my scars. He's telling you, look, I'm with you. And because I'm with you, I'm going to give you the power of my spirit. But I want you to do something with that. I want you to go out and help people find forgiveness. I want you to go out and help people find me as their personal Lord and Savior. So therefore, we are instructed, we are called, and we are empowered to spread the gospel message. Matthew 28, 19 and 20. It says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, here it is again, I am with you always to the end of the age. Here is your calling. Each and every person in this room, here is your calling. If you walk with Jesus, if you believe in who Jesus Christ is, this is your calling. Every person, every individual is important to God. See, we don't have to hide in our rooms. We don't have to be afraid. We don't have to worry. See, as we wrap up this Gospel of John, I want to encourage you to finish reading the last few verses in 20 and 21. And then jump over into Acts and you'll see the life change that has happened in these guys' lives. They went from hiding in a room to proclaiming it in such a bold way that thousands and thousands and thousands of individuals from that moment on to today, their lives have been changed. And it's because of who Jesus is and how Christ has revealed himself to you and I, how he revealed himself to them. You've got to admit they've changed. Completely different group of guys beforehand to after the resurrection, after they saw Jesus alive, as he encountered them and as he met with them and he empowered them to do all the things that he's called them to do. If you read through the book of Acts, you're going to see some great miracles. You're going to see these men and women just charging forward, just unafraid and unashamed of the gospel. Because why? Because it's the power of God unto salvation. Remember that. The gospel message is the power of God unto salvation. They are fearless, they are obedient, and they fulfilled the call. And Jesus, he did all of these things that we see here in this gospel. He did all of these things that you and I, that we might believe.
and that we might be bold, and that we might be courageous because of who he is, not who we are. Well, as we close this morning, I want to read this last verse in John 17. Jesus prays to the Father. This Alan shared this whole prayer with us last week. But I want you to focus in on this one verse. Jesus says this to God. He says, I made known to them your name and I will continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. Do you get that? That the love that you love me with that they would have that same kind of love as we go out and share the good news of Jesus Christ. See, God is love and there is no fear in love. Will you pray with me? Father, we we just rejoice in you. We thank you for your words. We thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, we need your strength. We need your help. We need the power of your spirit in our lives. We need to not only be filled with the spirit, Father, but we need to walk in step with your spirit and trust in the fact that that you go out before us, that you prepare the way, that the path that you had set in front of us, Lord, that you have ordained every single moment for us. Lord, don't let fear be an issue for us. Lord, in those moments that we want to lock the door and, and hide in a room, remind us of your presence. Remind us that we can't hide, that you are always with us and you will always be with us to the end of the age. Lord, I, I pray for every heart that's here this morning. Lord, I, I pray that as we go from here, that we would take your promises, that we would take your word with us everywhere we go, that we would carry this Bible, these scripture and these words that Jesus shares with us, and we would share them with the world around us. That we would be bold and we would be courageous. And Lord, as you reveal yourself to us, Lord, that we would take that and show other people who you are. That we would be a reflection of Jesus in the world today. Lord, I I pray right now for our our country. I pray for our leaders. I pray for those that that are are faced with decisions every day that will affect not only themselves, but the world around them, Lord. Lord, I know that times today aren't any different than they were when creation began. I know that there's sin and there's brokenness. There's perversion. There's all kinds of things, Lord. But for whatever reason today, it seems to be more in the light. And and I say that because, Father, I see your grace in that. Lord, you you promise us that you're going to bring the sin to light, that it's going to be more prevalent. And you bring it to light to show your grace. So, Father, as we share your love and your hope with the world around us. Let us remind people and be people of grace, people that love and encourage and walk with others as they struggle and they wrestle through the turmoil of life, as they they better understand as your spirit reveals to them the sin and the separation 
that's between them and you. And Lord, that we would be bold and we would be truthful to your word, truthful to who you are, truthful to the fact that Jesus is the way and the truth and the life. And Lord, most of all, that we would do that with love. We would do that with a heart to redeem and to restore. Lord, create in us anew, Father. Empower us and embolden us and help us to do this in a way that would be a change, a change agent in this world. Lord, we thank you for that privilege. We thank you for the calling. We thank you for all that you are. And we most importantly, we thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, who shed his blood and rose again on the third day so that we could have life and life everlasting. Lord, we love you and we do it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. And we pray you were blessed by today's message. You're invited to worship with us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. For directions and information about Soul Rio and our weekly events, please visit our website at soulrio.com. You may also contact us by phone at area code 505-792-8737 or email us at info at soulrio.com. At Soul Rio, we're a community of followers of Jesus Christ, committed to live by faith, to be known by love, and to be a voice of hope to our community. We invite you to go with us on this journey.